Welcome to the SFL podcast on a sweet Black Friday edition. The Thanksgiving is over. The three games that were actually pretty good last night are over. And we're about to continue on to the tail end of the SFL season. This is your host, owner of My Dad Owns a Dealership, Dylan J. Lowry. But I have a special quick announcement for everybody. We are not joined by the owner of Multiple Scorgasms, John Hancock, because I believe he is hiding under a rock somewhere in just complete shame because of his team, because it's actually just terrible. I'm actually joined by somebody who scared him off with a pitchfork, somebody we've been dissing since day one of this league because he lives so far away, so it's very easy to do it, Guy Egger, owner of McGee and the Brady Bunch. Hey, hey, I'm... Happy to finally be here. Finally happy to defend myself for all the, the smack and trouble you guys have given me. We uh, we exciting. talk a lot of shit about you. Not a lot lie. of shit. And my team is so good. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, we're just going to ignore the fact that you're on the bottom of the SFL East. Uh, on, on the, I have the second most points scored in the league, yeah, my yeah, friend. Yeah. Dean. Dean's outside on, on my tree again, so he's just watching completely butt naked, um, and he's just like really like slobbering at you because he likes your team so much. I get it. I get it. But anyway, there's no John today. There's no John, so it's going to be kind of a, a podcast of winning teams, so it's going to be kind of interesting to actually talk to somebody that uh, is in contention. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> so... Let's just jump right into it. The, the, the show we have lined up for today, it's kind of interesting. We have, uh, here's what we're going to kind of do as a preview, a table of contents, if you will. So if you want to fast forward to one of these things, uh, we're going to talk about storylines for a little bit. We're going to talk about awards. Um, we actually have names to put to these awards. I know for the past three weeks, we've said awards and we've never really given names to these. But today we're going to do that. Um, we're going to go over the storylines. We're going to talk about the week in review last week. Not the week that just started yesterday. Last week, just my game and uh, McGee's game. Then we're going to talk to McGee and, and kind of dig into his brain a little bit, pick his brain on the season. And he has some really cool stuff uh, I know he wants to talk about of the SFL, maybe some tweaks we can make to the SFL and his point of view. And again, uh, we're going to make a lot of votes uh, during the Super Bowl party, um, maybe for next year. And uh, we're going to talk about some of that. And then, of course, rapid fire questions. Then we're going to talk about week 11. Uh, week 11 is the start of the three games, the three division games that are going to really decide who's going to playoffs. Because I did not see at the beginning of this year that we were going to wait till the final week to see who's even in the playoffs. Because if you look at the standings, no team is out. No. I know it feels like Chalupa Batman 3 and 8 is out. I know it feels that way. But mathematically, she can squeak in with a, you know, she wins the next three, she goes six and eight, some other teams lose. Mathematically, it's it's very awesome. slim. It's slim. <laughs> Maybe. It's slim, but it is mathematically possible. But I think a loss here for either Chalupa and multiple scorgasms gives them the X. They're just going to be out. So, all right, let's jump Definitely into it. Definitely must win game. Oh, yeah. Storylines. Uh, the SFL West, we've kind of already alluded to it. Um, the SFL West, consisting of my dad owns a dealership through Chalupa Batman, um, it's pretty much decided. It, it is. And uh, here's the interesting thing. Like all, pretty much for the last four weeks or so, we have thought that my dad owns a dealership is going to enter the playoffs with Immaculate Reception. Yeah. And it looks, it looks that way as of now. But to be honest, I don't think it's going to work out that way. I think we're going to have three East teams... Ooh, my dad this is where I wish John itself. was here to hear that statement because John, since day 
one has said three SFL West teams are yep. going to make it into the playoffs. And he was carrying the flag for the SFL West. If we were yes. going on a battlefield, he was carrying that flag. And I think he got shot by some <laughs> sniper before he got out of the tank. <laughs> when he was talking about it, it made sense, though, because um, back then the schedule looked really good, but you got to think about what was going on in the East was we had killed ourselves in the first yes. three division games. We were just taking wins out of each other, and even now we're, we're right there, so close. Mm-hmm. And it's not a far-off possibility to say after this week, every single team in the East is going to be 6-6. Six and six. That would be insane. And I, I just look at the scoreboard yeah. and you'll you'll Because be you're to see playing, it. you're yeah, each six and five team in the East is playing a five and six team. Right. So, so like right now I'm playing yeah, Joe Buck yourself and uh, I think I'm gonna win this game with Antonio Brown going off. Yeah. And, and Martian uh, Law looks way in the lead on Romosexual. Exactly. So every team could be six and six. That's insane. Yeah. That's Freaking, Two weeks left. Pardon my French. I'm going to already drop the F-bomb. That's fucking insane. Because <laughs> it deserves it. That's insane. Six and six, top to bottom, with two games left. Yes. Ugh, somebody's going to be pissed. Somebody's going to be pissed. <laughs> Week 14. Whoever loses out of that decision is going to feel ripped off. And I honestly feel like one team in the East is going to get ripped off while the other three is going to make it. And, oh, yeah. Um, because, I mean, and I'm going to turn around really quick so the sound might be a little weird. I'm looking at the divisions in the NFL. Right. I look at the NFC North, for example. The Lions are leading the NFC North. I think there's going to be a second or third place team in another division that's going to say, fuck, why, where anybody could beat that winning team in the NF- NFC North. Right. So it's kind of the same thing where the bottom team in the SFL East is going to say, well, I could beat those SFL West teams, but it just so happened the divisions didn't work out the way they wanted, and they got the short end of that stick. It, it, I mean, when you have a tough division, you got to win it. Right. you got to win it. you got to at least be in the top two to give yourself a chance. And we're really going to see it come down to the last two games in the SFL East, especially if the week, this week, kind of goes the way you're saying it. Yeah. And this is awesome, which is the thing that, that we implemented, was the, the, the rivalry weeks with yes. the, the division games. The rivalry games in the beginning, the rivalry games in the end. And right now, you get to prove to yourself that you are better than the other yeah. division mates. And, and the teams, and, and because those rivalry games, those three games at the beginning and the three games at the very end... Our teams are so different. Right. So different. So it really tests you your draft at the beginning. It tests your draft yes. quick. And then at the end, it tests your transactions. Right. And nobody can hide. You're, you're, that's what you're tested on in your most important six games. That's correct. Your draft is tested. Then your transactions are tested. And you can't hide from that. And I think there are some teams in here that are getting exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that is saying is the playoffs are anyone's game. You have to prove it from here on out. Now, the trades are done. Nobody really took advantage at the deadline, but those transactions are really going to, to, to play into consideration of who's going to get into the playoffs. And that brings me to the next point, Immaculate Reception. This is one of those teams that feel so un... You can't guess what they're going to do. No. They're not the Browns. You can't guess that they're going to lose every game. No. They're more the Colts. They're more the Texans. The ones that are like... They could win, but they also could lose by 40. So we don't really know. We look at Immaculate Reception's schedule. Mind you, she's 6-5 and five in the playoffs right now. If the season were to end right now, she'd be in the playoffs. Yes. But, man, the, she has up and down weeks. Sometimes she's below the league average. Sometimes she's above it. But in her last four games, she's dropped three of them. Two of them 
were by less than one point. <laughs> and you know, it's kind of rough. Um, I kind of felt this way a lot of my games as well. It's like, and I feel so I can sympathize, you know, with, mm-hmm. with uh, Immaculate Reception because all of her games are so close. It's not like she's doing poorly. I mean, look no. at these games. She's scoring like 140, 150 points and still yeah. losing. Like, that hurts. And I don't think time. multiple scoregasms has touched 140. No, I think he scored 144 twice. Yeah, maybe twice, and that was the ceiling. That is right, the ceiling. Ceiling, and and man, and that's 20 points lower than my floor. <laughs> I mean, that's literally the difference between our teams. Um, but yeah, if we just quickly go over Immaculate Receptions games, uh, just starting in week seven, she won by five. Yes. Week eight, she lost by point five. Point. There was a point in front of that number. Then she got blown the f out week nine. Uh, to Joe Buck yourself. When Joe Buck started coming back into to relevance. Right. Then the next game she won by five points. And then she lost by four points. These games are absurdly close. Yes. And so she could have easily gone either way on a lot of those. She could have won it. She could have lost it. So it's one of those things. Now, if, to kind of show you the, the polar opposite, the juxtaposition, is multiple scoregasms. And I know he's not here, and I know it sounds bad that we're picking on him, but now we're getting into really the analyzation period of the season. So we can look back and say, there's enough data to look back and say what the hell happened. John has won multiple scoregasms, has won four games, right? Right. They all came in a four-game stretch from weeks four through seven. All of those games, he's deemed lucky. Every single one. Not just slightly lucky. Not not a plus 14 in the luck. We're talking a plus 57 on each of them. Like, what are the chances that Martian Law is going to drop 99 points on you? Exactly. So he went against Joe Buck yourself, who only put up 109. He went against Martian Law, who only put up 99. Went against Romosexual, who only put up 120. And McGee, who only put up 120. That was my worst week. And that was your worst week. So we're talking, John could have easily gone O. And uh, go 0 and 10 right now. He could he could be yeah, he 0 could. and 10 he right could. now. He could have literally gone 0 and 10. Um, the only time he really got unlucky was against Immaculate Reception in the second week on his highest scoring game. So yeah, he got unlucky on one of these, but you can't win games when you only put up 113, 130, 120, 90. You really can't. So it, it's tough, and I don't know. I think near closer to the end of the season, we're going to look back and say. What was your team doing? Like, was it your draft? Was it your transactions? And before the show started, you t- you asked, let's look at his transactions, right. right? How many pages were a listing of his transactions? I think it was only like uh, three pages. Not even. I think right. it was one and a half. of, And the rest were his draft picks. Correct. So I don't know if it was the lack of of transactions, but something really hurt him on the season, and it's really going to show in the next game because he's going against me. Right. He's put up a zero already this week on his kicker. That's not good, even though Le'Veon Bell did have a great game. But that's what we're going to talk about very shortly. Is his season over, though, to you? I do. Okay. I think, I think a season over. And I think I already said that when I told you that I think three teams from the east are going to make it yeah. so i think it's going to be you versus three from the east right um i don't know which ones because honestly <laughs> i know like it's who crazy. is the odd man out on that east if it's you're going to predict that um i want to say it's going to be joe buck yourself but his team is actually doing really well. Like these last couple of weeks, he's hit hot streak. He's he's scoring a lot of points. Let's look at uh, his points scored for the last couple of weeks. 
130, 170, 140, 130. Hey, actually, now that I take it back. His last two one games, game. plus 71 luck on yeah, his last Yeah, I take it games. back. Joe Buck is going <laughs> to... <laughs> and the data shows that Joe Buck is actually shit. <laughs> Joe Buck is uh, my multiple scorgasms from the East. Yeah, he's the Lions. He's the Lions that are winning games, and we don't know why. Right. Why are you in first place, Dean? Why are you in first place, Joe Buck yourself? Why are the Lions in first place? And it's because, oh, he's getting extremely lucky in his last two games. Exactly. Somebody's walking up to my door, so that's weird. Um, <laughs> watch, watch, they're going to like knock on the door. What's that? It's Dean. Oh, God, Dean. <laughs> Dean, no. Oh, God, that was scary. Okay, so... Yeah, I mean, those are really the two teams I wanted to really talk about in the storylines because those two teams were so in contention. I know that sounds like a like a paradox, so in contention, but they really had a grip on making it to the playoffs at one point in the season. Right. And a stranglehold on the SFL East and putting so much pressure on those East teams. And remember when John said that only one team from the East is going to make it? That made everybody in the East say, fuck. Right. We need to make transactions. We need to get better. Right. And we guess did. what happened? Everybody got better. Mm-hmm. And now the SFL West is looking at the playoffs and saying, if we make it in, can we even win? It, so it's going to be a little bit, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how those transactions play out. Well, I want to be yeah. interested here real quick. It's going to look at um, the, the schedule for, for Immaculate Reception for the next coming weeks. Um, so I know she's playing against Chalupa Batman. And I think Chalupa Batman is actually going to come in and do an upset on Immaculate Reception, which would put her at 6-6 six and six mm-hmm. and plays you. Mm-hmm. I'd assume you're going to win. I'm probably going to win. And and put her at 6-7, and seven, and then it goes up to, to multiple, multiple score scoregasms. So you think she can win at 7-7 seven and seven if she beats John and goes in at 7-7 seven and seven with the amount of points she has scored so far? This You think she'll make it into the playoffs? John last week said that 7-7 seven and seven does not make the playoffs. And I I'm disagree. going to agree. So I don't. Th- I think she has to win two of these last three to give herself a shot into the playoffs. I think the final team that makes the playoff is going to be a 7-7 team. That has a tiebreaker. That has a tiebreaker of more points scored. Okay. So, and I don't think her points give her that edge. No, I don't believe they do. Um, if we look at the just the leaders of just sheer amount of points scored, because this will help us decide on who's going to own those tiebreakers optimum if we look at just points scored she is fifth so she does not have a hand up on three sfl east teams and like i said the three fl sfl east teams that i said would probably make the playoffs with myself from a sexual martial law exactly we all have more points scored yeah. than her by 100 absolutely so. i mean the difference between the top points scored team which is me 18 26 against the bottom which is multiple scoregasms at 14 17 cool. we're talking 400 point difference it's insane. Um, if we look at the optimum, I had 21-22 against Immaculate Receptions 1940. So she has the second most optimal points. And that comes down to coaching, you know? 81%. That puts her at the bottom. So if we looked at the just sheer top-to-bottom percentage of putting the right players in, she's the bottom. And that's kind of showing that... Mm-hmm. That's what's going to be the difference between making the playoffs and maybe missing the playoffs. Can we go to uh, her game with me last week that was only decided by like four points? Yeah. 
So it was 145.5 to 149.7. Let's see what move she could have made to beat me. Yeah, because she was at 92%, which is pretty high. So what was the difference here? Immaculate Reception had nine from her kicker. Um, and on her bench also had nine from her kicker. Zach Miller, uh, the tight end, who would have won her the game. Or, no, uh, Kelsey went up. Yeah. Man, that's rough. Three from Golden Tate doesn't help. Yeah. So if she would have put in Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt, or even Zach Miller on a flex. On a flex, exactly. So those two players, either one of those, and mind you, Kenny Britt had 43 yards. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so all she needed was Kenny Britt or Zach Miller, and that was the That's difference rough. between a win and a loss. But can we blame her for not putting those people in? Let's see. She put in Golden Tate against Jacksonville. No, I don't. No, yeah, you yeah, can't you blame can't, her. You can't, you can't blame, blame her. her for that. That's rough. Yeah, so that's just bad luck. That's just bad luck. And she's doing really well for a rookie owner. That's the thing. And we said it last week that if we had to pick the teams that are most surprising, just looking at her draft at the beginning of the yeah. year, I said, I don't think she's making the playoffs. But man, she came on strong. She has the second most optimal point. So transaction-wise, she's making great transactions. And, and her picks have also worked, too. Yeah, and she's just getting some unlucky, like Golden Tate putting up three against yeah, Jacksonville. Against the team that is going to get me bucket bucket of ice dumped on my head. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> is that going to happen this week? Uh, I told Dean whenever he brings the bucket. And mind Dean, you, bring the bucket! He's going to have to sneak into my garage, grab my bucket. Oh, yeah, Dean doesn't own a bucket. <laughs> he doesn't own a bucket. But Fucking tomorrow... Dude. Dean. Tomorrow, uh, our second ice bucket challenge will be decided because Florida plays Florida State, and whoever wins that game gets to dump the ice on the other person. So we get two buckets oh. tomorrow. Um, all right. So, yeah, that's kind of what we're looking at uh, in terms of the last three games. I'm so excited for these last three games. Let's talk about some award previews. We are almost at the award season. Uh, we have a couple awards, and we've already talked about some players that we kind of see taking the, the the reins and at least getting put on the ballot getting put on the ballot's the first step for these right. guys then it comes to the owners of the sfl to say okay we're going to rank them and you're going to put like i think this guy's going to be number one and i think this guy's the least deserving and so everybody's going to rank them and then i do the point system just like the nfl decides mvp just like the heisman's voted um we're going to do a point system so right now favorites for coach of the year Right now, I, I put myself on there because I'm 9-2. I have an 86 coaching percentage, which is one of the top three. Um, and, of course, the record and the optimal points. Um, I would also put in, and not just because you're on the show, I would put you in there because all those transactions you made enough to stay. I've made a lot of transactions. A lot of transactions. And I think that's where teams like Joe Buck yourself with so many wishy-washy picks right. kind of eliminate themselves. However... Let's see what happens in the last three weeks. And I think those last three weeks are going to be huge. Um, I would put Immaculate Reception in there. I think her, her yeah. she really, as a coach, outdrafted. She kind of outcoached her draft. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, the draft wasn't that great, but her coaching and the fact that she took some gambles and kept Blake Bortles, even though he's trash. I hate Blake Bortles <laughs> so much. He's my least favorite player in the league. Um, I mean, I, I think those are those are my top three right now. I think Martian Law's last five weeks kind of hurt him a lot. Yeah, um, he was doing but so he, well in the beginning. He has so much bad luck. I will say that right now. His luck is very, very bad. If we looked at just his roster, uh, AJ Green's out, Andrew Luck's Ugh. out, Brandon Marshall's questionable. Um, LaShawn McCoy's been Boy, battling yeah. injuries all year. Jordan Reed literally got 31 points last week, or yesterday, but he was out for two quarters. Like, that's <laughs> how bad. And he's been out a lot of the season as well. Right. 
And he's relying on Rob Kelly and Tyrell Williams oh. as but, his but wide receiver. Those are good players now. Like those, those are... But if you asked him at the beginning of the season, you're going to finish the season with Rob Kelly and Tyrell you're Williams. You're definitely not going to be happy with that. Right. <laughs> no. So I think Martian Long... But that's a good coaching. True. True. So maybe you just talked me into maybe he deserves to be on the ballot. I think so. Okay. I like that. And Romosexual, I think his draft was so strong. Oh, yeah. That... I have to give it to him just for the draft. And like, who would have thought that the Marco Murray would have been so good? Matt Forte would have been so good. Like these, like old running backs that we all thought, nope, their their careers are over. Yeah. They're done. New team. Who's gonna give him a chance? He did it. Yeah. And here's yeah, the thing for for him, I'm not gonna give him credit for taking Odell. I'm not giving him credit for taking Dez. Those are players that you just take, right? But he has Jordan Howard. Now, granted, he took Jordan Howard a little after we saw how he could play, but he has players like Terrell Pryor. Yeah, Terrell Pryor. He has players like Jason Witten. He has players like DeMarco Murray and Matt Forte. That team, on paper, should beat anybody. And Jimmy Jimmy Graham, who finally is balling. Right. So I think his team on paper, and this is why I was so shocked I won last week, because his team on paper looked so great, and his matchups were great, but they did not perform. Odell put up six points. Sometimes that happens. So I think, yeah, and that's just bad luck, just like we talked about with Immaculate Reception, Mm -hmm. only getting three points from... Uh, Golden Tate. So yeah, I mean, we got some... It's going to be cool to see how people vote on that one. Uh, Favorites for MVP. Now again, we're not giving it to just the best player on the field. We're not giving it to the best player on the best team. These are the players that just every week, they put up points. Doesn't matter who the matchup is. It's literally, you could put the cursor over the like matchup and they could all be red they could be the first place defense on all of them but you still play them that's what it takes to be an mvp in the league and right now i have david johnson demarco murray ezekiel elliott antonio brown aaron Rodgers, tom brady Le'Veon bell and mike evans those all match you could you could argue me you could argue with me that any of those guys should be the number one vote for that for that mike evans amazing Le'Veon bell amazing for the short time he's been back same with tom brady aaron Rodgers just by volume just by volume. 60 passes a game? That's nuts. And then, of course, the rest. Uh, and I think DeMarco Murray is going to be a name that we keep bringing up because he's in almost every conversation. He's worthy of playing for the coach of the year. He's worthy of being an MVP and bringing him up to the next step, Diamond in the Rough. Mm-hmm. DeMarco Murray is my front runner for Diamond in the Rough with LeGarrette Blunt, Marcus Mariota, Matt Ryan, who we all know is decent. But he's always always like been the yeah he's always That's decent like, he's good but like is he gonna be the the guy is he gonna be yeah. elite yeah I mean you have Julio Jones and Devonte Freeman and Telvin Coleman right like eh Julio Jones obviously but mm-hmm. Matt Ryan putting up the amount of points he's putting up right. that's the diamond in the rough factor is that the top offense in the NFL still yeah. And then you have Terrell Pryor and Stephon Diggs uh, uh, closing those sneaky, out. Sneaky, sneaky players yeah. came out of nowhere. And so the Diamond in the Rough, I think, is going to be a fun fun thing to... Uh, and I don't have any of those guys, actually, on my team. Nope. Um, so it's it's nice and spread out. And then Bust of the Year. Um, I think you guys know where this is going. Todd Gurley is my first uh, guy I'm putting on that ballot. <laughs> Number one in the pick. You, in get, the you get judged. You're going to get judged yep. harshly. Uh, Cam Newton is up there on bust to the year. Another first-round draft pick who's not a top-ten quarterback. And you have to be a top-ten quarterback if you're going to be first picked in the first round and you're playing in an A-team league. Like, yeah, you got to own one of the top-ten quarterbacks. Exactly. And we're talking quarterbacks aren't even, like, the highest-scoring players. Like, you could take the top five running backs and be better than the best quarterback. 
So if you're going to take a quarterback in the first round, it's got to be great. Yeah. So Cam Newton is not there. And you can just look at the Panthers' record and just list players top to bottom and say they're all busts this year. I think we might have just talked my vote into Cam Newton. Yeah. Kelvin Benjamin. Just because Cam Newton's trash. Right. uh, And Kelvin Benjamin isn't holding onto the ball. Eddie Lacy. Now, I know I said last week injuries kind of outlaw bust to the year. But Eddie Lacy, even before he got injured, was trash. But he wasn't drafted as highly as Todd Gurley, Cam Newton, and Kelvin. So you kind of have to weigh your options there. But this guy coming up, DeAndre Hopkins. Now, again, it might not be his fault. <laughs> Brock Osweiler. <laughs> Osweiler oh, might so be bad. the second worst quarterback to Blake Bortles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I think Blake Bortles could do some work with the Texans. Oh, my God. Could you, imagine, so bad. could you imagine taking Blake and Brock? On a field and just saying, hit the open receiver. (laughs) (laughs) And just like, no defense. Just throw it to the guy. Just throw it to the guy. Just throw it to him. Blake will overthrow the crap out of him, and then Brock will like, you're running too far. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And Brock will be like, I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Are you sure he's open? (laughs) And then, because I mean, if you have DeAndre on your team, you just Just, throw it to the vicinity. Jameis Winston and Mike Evans. Just like, yeah, just throw it up. Yeah. I mean, Dante Culpepper for for the Vikings said one of the best lines for any quarterback is like his right receivers were so good. He had Chris Carter, Jake Reed, Randy Moss. And he just said, I throw it around them and they'll get it. <laughs> like that's how good they were. Well, if you have DeAndre Hopkins, just throw it around him. Uh, make him make a play. But anyway, Steven Goskowski. Now that's my last <laughs> guy I'm putting on the best of the year. I'm a Patriots fan. I know, but it, it hurts me to put him on there. But honestly, he's missed extra points. He misses kicks. He's not consistent. He's always the number one kicker taken. Always. And what was, was he taken before the 10th round? Yeah. And he's the 20th best kicker. We're yeah. talking there are 19 better kickers than him. And, and this is like supposed to be the kicker that you put in. No matter and, what. And you just leave him. Doesn't matter weather. Leave doesn't him. matter anything. And so I think that's another bust here. So we have a good six guys to choose from right now. And again, we could add more, take some off. But right now, that's what we're looking at for these awards. And I'm pretty excited to see uh, who's going to win these and what awards I'm actually going to give out because I still don't know. all right let's look at our week last week um that i think now's the time to introduce our first sponsor uh the sponsor is um my girlfriend for cooking for me sometimes and uh, she makes some great food and the sponsor is actually uh sponsoring tomorrow if anybody wants to come over and watch the florida florida state game it's going to be at 8 o'clock at night. We're going to have some food. We're going to have some beer. Um, we're going to enjoy the game. Kim and I won't talk to each other because obviously she's a Florida fan and I'm a Florida oh, State man. fan. It's going to be rough. Um, so we want more people in there so we can talk to somebody. So <laughs> come over. That's our sponsor. Now let's get back into the show. Okay. So we can review. I kind of alluded to this earlier, so I'm not going to harp on it too much. I did not see myself winning. But that's just the season I'm having. Right. I'm having a magical season. Um, nine and two. I did not see myself winning. And if you listen to the last week's podcast, I predicted against myself. And, and then you flip. And then I flip flopped back. <laughs> but but it was obvious there that you had a very hard time picking yeah. against yourself. And I did because his matchups, homosexuals matchups, were so good, and his players are just so good that I said. And I looked at my matchups, and they were so bad. But then I remember David Johnson just puts up 30. Doesn't, doesn't matter, matter what the game is. Yeah. He put up 30 on a six to six game. I'll just remember that forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I just didn't see myself winning, but I did, and I really, it just cements the fact that my floor is 160. That's insane. Right. And like what we were talking about earlier is John's ceiling is 145. 
<laughs> like, technically, therefore I should never lose to John. But you did. But I did. I really? <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't First lose to John. Season, I didn't lose to John. It? Nope. I'm three and zero in my division. Oh, okay. Um, the only teams I've lost to are Martian Law, where I lost by thirty, and I had terrible luck. Yeah. No, but yeah. You and put I lost up to Joe Buck seventy points. Yeah. Yeah. I and that up. that's the one week that you deserve to lose. Exactly. Exactly. And I deserve to lose week eight to Joe Buck yourself. I only put up one twenty six, but the game I put up one sixty seven. I was the second highest scoring team in the league, and I lost because Martian Law put up one ninety two. But again, that's fine. Were you the second on that one? What's up? Were you the second? Yeah, Let's look. That's five or like six out. Week five. If we look at schedule. Do, do, do. I think I was second, but we're going to look. Uh, one sixty. No, no, no. McGee scored 170. Yeah. Okay, so I was third. I was third. I was third. That's why my luck rating is only negative 70. Instead of like <laughs> negative 90. <laughs> um, so yeah, I could have lost to two teams on that league. Yeah. On that week. But yeah, but I it's think, still 170 points. How do you lose with that? Yeah, and so I think that just shows that I'm having a good season. But I'll say this every week: I'm going to knock on the wood again. Injury bug has not hit yet. Oh man, you've been so lucky. This and here's the thing: I've been so lucky, yes, because nobody gets injured. But my guys have so much volume. How are they not getting injured? And that's another thing I want to touch on. How long have you been lucky with? your players not getting injured you've been getting lucky with the players around your players getting injured giving them volume melvin like, gordon melvin gordon like uh, when i i think we had this talk very early in the season when you uh traded for melvin gordon carlos giving hyde away carlos hyde and then i traded for carlos hyde and i was like you got trade rape like carlos hyde is so much better than melvin gordon yeah and i'll stick to that but <laughs> i mean the numbers don't lie and the reason why melvin gordon's getting all these points is volume. because Volume. Keenan Allen got hurt. Yep. Who's going to get the touchdowns? Yep. Melvin Gordon. Antonio Gates got hurt. Hunter Henry has been getting hurt. Like all Danny the, Woodhead. Danny Woodhead <laughs> got hurt. All the players that normally get touchdowns on that team, all yep. gone. And who's Melvin his quarterback? Phillip Rivers. And he throws it negative five yards every play. So <laughs> who's going to be there in the backfield to catch it? No. It's, it's Melvin Gordon. So it's just – and I think if you looked at my team, that's the common denominator from top to bottom is volume. That's what, I go, that's what I build my team around. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers throws it 60 times a game. David Johnson runs it 30 and catches Just it 15. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same with Melvin Gordon. So Jay Ajayi now gets the only carries over there. Because... Oh, my God. I'm so mad about that. And that's another one, too. That's another one where you got lucky at the players. I saw this coming. You can like look at my transactions. Um, the reason that Dolphins running game was so bad in the beginning is because their star O-lineman was out. You know, mm-hmm. They had like these awesome O-linemen that got hurt early. And their run game was suffering. And I uh-huh. was like, okay, so Arian Foster is hurt, but their O-linemen are coming back. I'm going to go in there, sneaky pick up Arian <laughs> Foster. He's going to come back and put up 30 points every game because yeah. now the Dolphins' running game is going to be sick. What happens? J.H.I. gets the job. <laughs> oh, no! J.H.I. With the, with the miraculous two weeks. He comes in, takes basically Mark Ingram's spot on my team. Right. Um, of that plug-and-play running back when I need one for the flex or a guy's on a bye or something. Because I'm not taking out Melvin Gordon or David Johnson. So it's my third running back is my plug and play. Um, yeah, and so like if you just look at top to bottom, volume, Julio Jones, volume. Larry Fitz, volume. Greg Olson, volume. These guys do not have a game where they're not looked at. And you even have the number one kicker. I'm disgusted. Yeah, number one kicker, number one quarterback, number one running back, number four running back, number three wide receiver, five wide receiver, one tight end. It's kind of gross. And then if you look at my bench, I have the number five quarterback, too, now in Dak Prescott, and the number one defense in the Vikings. 
So it's a pretty stacked team. I think I'm built to outlast one injury, but if I if those if that volume come back, comes back to bite me in the ass, right. uh, that might kind of hurt my chances here. So again, I'm knocking on the wood, but your game your game is the is the one I want to talk about. You only won by what point? Five, no, it was five points. I think it was four point eight or five points or something like that. Um, it was a shock. I thought it wasn't like a guarantee you were going to win going into Monday. So, kind of talk us through that game. Oh man, uh, my girlfriend was like giving me so much shit too because like the entire Monday night I'm like just sweating it out. Yeah, it was like it was. Uh, I believe I was like one hundred and forty nine point seven five to ninety five points. Immaculate reception, according to the box score, put up fifty on Monday night. On Monday night, and I knew how it was possible. It was like Lamar Miller gets the volume, and then what was the other player? Derek Carr. Come on. Like, I knew that was possible that it was going to come to so close. And actually, I I think I accidentally won that game. <laughs> I uh, And Derek Carr was against Houston. who, But Houston has a pretty decent pass defense. A lot of people don't like to talk about it. They have a decent yeah, pass defense. Yeah, it's true. Um, but it was my benched players. Um, I accidentally started Dante Moncrief that game. <laughs> who put up 13? Who put up 13, which is not good. Who did you want to play? I was thinking about putting either a running back or Devontae Adams, and if I had put Devontae Adams, I had an amazing uh, matchup against Washington. Yeah, only put up seven. seven. So if I had done that, put Devontae Adams, I would have lost. And you know what? I'm so glad I messed up. Hey, sometimes it's that season, Mm -hmm. like me. Sometimes you just got to have that season where you get some. And this is the thing I like about luck is like, you're not going to be unlucky every week. Right. You're not going to be lucky every week. It's always going to bounce to you or bounce away from you hopefully and i know some teams have more luck or less luck than others but here's the thing in a 14 game regular season the best team is going to make it to the playoffs that's just how it is there might be that one um the best team should make it especially if the last three games are against division opponents yeah so that's really what the season's built for but yeah like your game was so close and your game for monday night the monday night game last week was so interesting because if not only did we look at your game Let's look at, I think it was Chalupa Batman's game on Monday night going into it uh, last week. Let's look at it. She lost by 10 points, right? Now, that doesn't seem very close. And mind you, their coaching ratings were both actually just shit. <laughs> um, but her, she, it came down to her scoring with Amari Cooper, mind you. Oh, gosh. She only needed 26 points. Now, 26 is a lot. Don't get me wrong. But 26 from Amari Cooper is not out of the question. Not at all. So she needed 26, so Joe Buck herself was sweating on Monday like night. And he had like a touchdown taken out, like, yeah. back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. And Jeez, so... Baby Jesus. <laughs> and, yeah, that would have helped out Derek Carr. <laughs> and so you have this moment where on Monday night, two teams were sweating hard. You were sweating hard, and Joe Buck yourself was sweating hard. Because, mind you, Joe Buck yourself only scored 133-1. and one. So... <laughs> <laughs> Ew, last week. But let's move on to this week. That has already started. Um... And, oh, before that, before that, let's talk about you. That was kind of like my segue, and I kind of messed it up there. I feel really bad. It was like one of those terrible segues um, that I usually have. But we can review. Um, From your sweat that we had last week, we're going to talk about kind of your season in a nutshell. Okay. You're on the show. This is your first time. You live pretty far away, right? I do. I live in Melbourne. I mean, it's not super far, but... But you can't come here on a weekly basis for the No, I wish I could, but that's like an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. And there's not like there's an airport nearby. No. Even though you are a certified <laughs> pilot now. 
Yeah. You could just like hijack one and then bring it back. Well, they notice like if it's in the middle of the night, like you take it and then you bring it back in the morning. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. uh, percent. The the big thing in aviation is like tracking your hours, and it's all tracked on the plane. Like you know how you can't change the mileage legally on your right, car. Right, right, like, right. Like it's the same thing on an airplane where it tracks how many hours the engine has been on. True. Well, before the inaugural SFL draft. What was your strategy going into the draft? I ask this to everybody that comes on the show. I want to know what your strategy was because we all know everybody in this league has already witnessed the Gee draft. Gee's drafts are never boring, right? Trades. So what was, you traded a bunch of draft picks yep. for other draft picks. Yep. I want to know what your strategy was going into that. So my strategy was um, I, first of all, do not like taking a running back in the first round of the draft. Even though running backs are the most important position, Mm -hmm. they are crucial to your team, and there are so very few of them that are stud elite guys. But Mm -hmm. here's the problem. They get hurt. And I I don't like putting my number one pick out there to be a guy who has a very high chance of getting hurt and throwing my season into a funk. So what I did was I wanted to come in, I wanted to take best player available for certain positions. Okay. Like I, I believe I was drafting like seven or something, mm-hmm. and I really wanted Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. And um, Because of volume, because of sheer just ability volume, to do any play. elite wide receiver. Yeah. You know, he doesn't get hurt, even yep. though Big Ben gets hurt and kind of screws up his seasons every mm-hmm. once in a while. Yep. But safe pick great player so um i try to avoid getting those early running backs i wanted to get those elite players at position so i could always have an elite player so um that's why i went with antonio brown i waited a lot and waited for tom brady picked up tom brady you know um i tried to give myself some cushion um when i picked up matt ryan off the waiver wire by drafting Jameis winston who i love and i love his playoff schedule so that's why i got Jameis Winston in there to kind of interject you're you're one of the only teams I talk to only one of the only fantasy football people that look so far ahead at week 14 15 16 right which are the playoff schedule for fantasy football a lot of people don't look at the future they look at more along the lines of how's he producing in Mm -hmm. his past two weeks how's he going to produce this week nobody even looks at how's he going to produce later right so why do you think that way why why is that one of the things that comes to your mind because those are the important games. Those are games you have to win. You don't want to pick a guy that, that unless he's like the elite stud, you don't want to have a guy that's going to come in and play the best defense on your playoffs and, and, and shit your, your game on the playoffs. You don't want now, a guy dropping five points on On the playoffs. flip side, why do people not think that way? What do you mean? Like, why don't people look at that? Because like, like I said, you're the only person I really talk to that says, let's look at week 15 and 16 schedule. Why don't people look at the week 15? I don't know. You know, um, I, I guess it's just easy to, to go with your guy that you've always had and and just plow through it. Yeah. Just kind of play like he's going to do well this week or not. Yep. Okay. Let's win this game. Let's win this game. Let's not worry about, you know, what am I going to do in the yeah. playoffs? Let's get to the playoffs. Right. So you kind of like, not, not cocky, but you say, I'm probably going to make the playoffs. Let's worry about the playoffs. Well, to be honest, there's no point in getting to the playoffs if you're not going to win the championship. Right. So, like, if you're going to get to the playoffs, you got to get into like the playoffs it. with the best chance to win the championship. I like it. Um, has it worked out? Has your draft, by taking, wanting to take those uh, best available, well, not best available, best people at their position, 
because I know you said I wanted Antonio Brown because he's going to be the number yeah, one through three. He's, he's guaranteed yeah. one through three. Like, if you looked at ceiling, it's one. Mm-hmm. But floor, he's probably fifth, right? right. Like, he's at least going to be the fifth best wide receiver in the league. So, that's a safe pick. It's worked out for me. Uh, Have all of your predictions kind of worked out, like, saying, oh, I know they're going to be, like, top ten at least. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, I, I, this is a conversation I had with you before. I picked Doug Martin in a very good round, I feel, for him. I think he's the best running back. He's under back everybody's in the radar. He's under everyone's radar. Yeah. Nobody thinks about when they say name the sixth best running six best running backs in the league. Not one of them will say Doug Martin. They, they won't. And like here's a stat that we were talking about uh, that he had last week. He had 71 yards after contact mm-hmm. on only 63 total rushing yards. Right. That means he was getting hit in the backfield almost every single play. Breaking those tackles in the backfield and still putting up yards, which yeah. is nuts. He's just the best running back, and I just wish the Buccaneers could block for him. And what you just described is going to make Alex, who I know listens to the podcast, and we have a position for him in the SFL next year. I'm so mm-hmm. excited to have him. And Dean upset because last week we all watched the games at Miller's Fieldhouse, and every five seconds I would bring up Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is going to be that good in the, in the NFL. He does not get taken down. He, he's a he's a low center gravity bowling ball, strong gym rat. Uh, Doug Martin's nickname is the Muscle Hamster. Right. That's how much of a gym rat he is. And so that's the type of running back that doesn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know who else is a gym rat? David Johnson. These guys do not get hurt because they are just built to go through people, not run and get tackled. Right. And so I think, and I know it's going to make those two mad because... I said it every day, every five minutes at the at the game, but Dalvin Cook is going to be that good. And I'm going to say that right now. I'll probably draft him with a very high pick next year, even though he's a rookie. Just like Ezekiel Elliott was taken at a very high pick. First time. Yeah. Um, are, are you happy with – because, again, earlier in the, in the show, we talked about the first three weeks of the season really test your draft, and the last three weeks of the season tra- test your transactions. Right. How do you feel that your transactions have gone all year? Oh, my transactions have been great. Um, I have picked up a lot of just these sneaky players that, for example, one of them was uh, Stephen Ware, which Dean dropped them because Jamal Charles is coming back, and then Jamal Charles doesn't come back. Yeah. And then now I have Stephen Ware, which Spencer. is starting. I think it's Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Spencer Ware is an awesome uh, running back. Um, I picked up Thomas Rawls, saying has been injured. Yeah. Comes back. Now he's the only running back for the Seahawks. Well, CJ Procise is decent. He's hurt. Oh, now he's hurt. Yes, correct, correct. So Thomas Rawls is going to get the volume, which is super important. He's going to get those touchdowns for the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Um, And Christine Michaels looking for a job with the Packers right now. Exactly. So uh, Thomas Rawls is going to be great. Sammy Watkins, top 10 wide receiver, was an injury reserve this entire time. He's going to come back. You know what this tells me? Is people who really abuse the waiver wire, especially in an eight-team league where the waiver wire is crucial. Right. Crucial. Um. You have to pay attention to the league. You have period. to. Period. Like, you don't have to be the most knowledgeable. But you at least have to, on a Sunday or Monday, who got hurt? Right. Who got used? Whose usage rate is going up? Mm-hmm. Who's Because in week four or five, you start to notice that teams flesh out their playbook. And they say, okay, this is who we have. This is the guy that we can use in week four or five. You look at the beginning of the regular season, there are guys that are used that aren't used now. Right. Um, and so I think... Teams that utilize the waiver wire, and I'm talking about the teams that have the most uh, drops and ads, is like Joe Buck yourself, Martian Law, um, you and me. Not even me. I don't think I would even be close to those three. I think those. Well, your draft was just that good. Right. My draft was really good. But those three teams, Joe Buck, uh, Martian Law, and um, McGee and the Brady Bunch, 
those teams watch football. Yep. Those owners watch football. They watch the the injuries. They look at RotoWire, which is I think my favorite website for injury uh, coverage, and they make those picks. And that's really what makes teams stronger at the tail end of the season. And what do you know? Those three teams are vying for a playoff spot. Right. And so, I, and I completely agree. But here's the the caveat kind of question I have for you. If you could take back one transaction, whether it be a draft pick or a transaction, what would it be? Man, oh man. Um, maybe not trading away Carl or not trading for Carlos Hyde, but that's only because he got hurt. You know, that's so rough. Like when you trade for a player and they get hurt. That's And I, I don't think, yeah, that's unfair to yourself because at the time of the trade, you picked great value. Yeah. And, and we're kind of, I'm getting ahead of myself here. We're going to talk about poker in a second and how it translates, but it's all about value, right? You mm-hmm. take the value. That's why volume is so crucial because right. no matter what the matchup is, if you have volume, you get points. You get points. And Carlos Hyde. And Carlos Hyde volume. got volume, and I think that kind of hurt it literally yeah. hurt him in the in the beginning. And luckily, I'm kind of skating by that, and I'm crossing my fingers that doesn't happen to me. So I don't know if that's you can't beat yourself up over that trade, but I'm gonna kind of throw something that you kind of talked to me about earlier. Maybe it's this flip side. Maybe it's a trade you didn't pull off. Oh yeah, that's definitely the John trade. I mean, and I. Maybe I should have just accepted it, the trade, because I would have taken that trade anyway. But what happened was uh, the prior week we had were talking our three-way trade, myself, yes. uh, you, and uh, John. Yes. Now, the deal was had Cam Newton going to you. Yep. And it had, I don't remember all the pieces to it, but John was the, getting the, some wide The cornerstones were Cam to me, Le'Veon Bell to you, and John would get Tom Brady. That, those were the cornerstones. One of my running backs. And Devontae Freeman, I think, yeah. was what we wanted. So it's whatever running back he wanted. Honestly, exactly. if I picked one running back for my team, I would have given it to him. And so that was the cornerstone. There were a little picks here and there to fill out spots. Little, little, little like players to add and throw in because to fill up roster spots. But in terms of the trade, that was it. Right. And I eventually dropped out of that trade. Cam Newton was not performing. I wanted to see one more week with Cam Newton. It did not look good. Right. I said, I'm bowing out. You guys can do the trade amongst yourselves. And John said he was still down. And John was in. John was and, in. Uh, the, the official trade was I would get... Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, Austin Jeffrey, and you would get Tom Brady and uh, Devontae, Devontae Freeman. Freeman. Um, and then Jake got, Cutler came back. Yep. And that and, really threw a wrench into his thought process. Yeah, he was like, he did oh. not, I don't think he knew what to think. I think that's the problem. Because mm-hmm. he, he almost thought, if I trade Alshon, and I just saw Jake Cutler come back, what if I traded away the good piece? And exactly. Le'Veon Bell. Right. So he, he's kind of saying, am I going to get screwed on this trade? And I think there wasn't enough data to show that Jake right. Cutler was not going to be... Uh, Jake Cutler had one good game. Mm-hmm. Literally one good game, and that was the game before the trade deadline. Right. That sucked. That timing was awful. Yeah, it was uh, really bad. And guess what happened after the trade deadline? Jake Cutler throws 17 picks and gets hurt. Mm-hmm. That's Jake Cutler. Yeah, and, and it's rough. Um, and John told me he would have made the trade with just Alshon Jeffrey, yes, right? Yes, yes. But that was after the trade line ended. Like, right. When I'm texting you, when I'm sending you messages on the flipping website yep. saying, hey, what what are we going to do about this trade? Yep. And you don't respond. How can you criticize other team for not pulling triggers on trades? You're not talking and to me. And guess what? We're sitting here without John because he didn't text back. We were trying to schedule the podcast this week with John of the trio of us. Right. And he never texted back. Not even to say, you know, I'm not, I can't make it. I didn't even get a text back. I know he got better without him. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I know he, um, I know he got hurt last week, but that doesn't prevent you from picking up a phone and texting back. Your leg got hurt, not your, not your thumbs. Right. You know what I mean? And so text us back, my man. Jeez. He got hurt in a 
terrible hunting accident for turkeys or something. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. He's gone. Well, let's hope so for his sake, or else we'll be pissed at him. <laughs> uh, so, I know we alluded to it, alluded to it earlier. We're both into poker. We really like poker. Yeah. We like the thinking aspect of poker. We like the love sport the of poker. Love it. That's why I love tournament poker because it's a game. You, there's yeah. a winner and a loser. You're not taking people's money per se. You're taking people's chips exactly. to win the game. You're playing a game. Yes. And so, do you see any similarities between poker and fantasy football? Yeah, it's 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 a thinking game. It's a psychology game. Like you know. You're, you're trying to think about what other players are thinking, and you're trying to take their value by losing as little value as possible when yeah. you're trying to do trades. You know, you're going to think about who's he going to draft that, you know, maybe I could take before him or, you know. Or what can I wait on because he's not going to draft. You know, there's a lot of similarities because it's, it's a very thinking game, and you're thinking about and the, the same value thing of, of, of resources that you have and how other people perceive them yeah yeah and exactly so you're looking at value in a trade let's say or waiver i mean it happens on a week by week basis not just at the draft right right? so we're constantly thinking okay i'm in i'm fifth in the waiver wire pickup right my four teams ahead of me maybe they don't need a running back or maybe i need to play defense and take the running back right it's the same thing in poker if the guy you're playing against his his range is you know pocket jacks to to aces you might play them pre-flop a little different than somebody who's a loose cannon right. that is willing to play sixes the same way they play kings. Exactly. And so it's it's really fun to to look at a lot of games that are thinking games. And you'll notice like professional video game players transition to poker very well. Right. And they transition to thinking games like fantasy football pretty well. And gambling on sports and gambling in daily fantasy sports. It's all these thinking games that you're constantly thinking about how others are thinking and trying to outsmart them. And, and it's I funny, think that's where it's funny you say that, like professional video games. You're you're a professional video yeah. gamer. I was like semi professional video yeah. game player. Like that's just we really and and it's not just the whole thinking aspect. We just are competitive. Yeah, we want to we want to win no matter, no matter what, what it is. Yep. No matter what it is. Um, and so you know what's funny is we were driving yesterday. Kim and I kind of a short anecdote. Um, I was telling her I want to grow up my beard, and I always say this. I know this mm-hmm. sounds weird, but I always I always say this, but it gets really itchy, and I eventually hate oh, yeah. it. I hate it. Um, and she and I was and she was like, "You won't do it." And I said, "You know what? I'm going to prove you wrong." And she was like, "I would believe you if it was a game, because she knows how competitive. Right. I am. If I was betting somebody who could grow the longest beard, I would never shave it because I'm winning that game. That's just how competitive I am." And so it's kind of funny that how you treat fantasy football, how you treat poker, really shows your competitive aspect. Mm-hmm. It shows that I'm on the waiver wire, even though my team is solid, I'm always grinding the waiver wire. Right. How do I get better? And that's the difference between a lot of teams is how do I get better and don't just settle. And so, it, yeah, I agree completely. The the value, uh, the valuing value exactly. is, is the evaluation of value is really the key and pot odds and, you know, the odds of me getting a player. Should I take the gamble? Is mm-hmm. it worth it? It all comes into uh, poker daily fantasy fantasy football all of that um so who is your biggest rival or competition in the sfl east just the sfl east not the whole league um so we're talking the last three games of the season are all against your your division rivals so who's your biggest rival maybe a team you want to beat the most maybe the team that's going to give you the most trouble you know it's pretty rough um 
I think Joe Buck Yourself is eliminated from that list because Joe Buck Yourself and myself, I feel like we have helped each other. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't look at him as a rival because our trades have actually helped each other's teams. Which is the perfect trade. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't look at him as a rival, but I think martial law, man. If we look at your first three games, and these were, again, division games, you beat Joe Buck Yourself handily. <laughs> <laughs> that was my best game. You lost Martian Law scoring 160. I know. And you lost to Romosexual scoring 140. So these division games are so tight. They are. And so, yeah, I mean, out of Martian Law and Romosexual, who do you think is going to give you the toughest time getting into the playoffs or maybe even in the playoffs? And that's, this is what's so rough. Those two teams are so close. They're both so good. Like, yeah. our, our three teams are all fighting for second place of best team in the league. Yeah. I honestly feel that way. Our, our three teams are all right there. We could all be second best team in the league. So if you looked at, let's say, okay, uh, first game of the playoffs, I have to play Martian Law. Or first game of the playoffs, I have to be homosexual. Which one did just sounds more feasible to win? I'll come down to the matchups. Um, yeah. Okay, matchups aside, let's say all matchups are even. They're all white. <laughs> you know, no green, no red. They're all white. Who do you take? Do you want to go against a team that you has... You know what? I think Martian Law Ezekiel because... Manning? Or Ezekiel Manning. Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, I think I'm going to go Martian Law. Uh, his players can't be hurt forever. When they come back, they're going to be, he's going to be dominant. Okay, so Martian Law is... If, if we had to, and again, I don't think we've... This league isn't old enough to have rivals, per se. Right. Once, exactly. we have, once we're like three, four seasons in, it's yeah. going to feel really good to have these rivals. Um, and especially if we have consistent divisions, like we're always in the same division, it'd be mm. really fun to see that. And especially if we're adding two teams next year, at least, it's either going to be two or four. I'm pretty sure it's going to be two. Um, we're going to have two five-team divisions. That would yeah, be pretty fun. it's going to be nuts. And then once we get up to 12, we might have three four-team divisions. That's the way that works yeah. best. Um, so it'll be pretty fun to see how realignment happens in the future if we get there. All right. Um, before we move on to the rapid fire questions, two things. Two things about the SFL. What has been your biggest surprise with the SFL? Immaculate reception. Okay. Yeah, I agree Hands completely. Down. I agree completely. I, I like having her in the league. Yep. It's a, it's a nice change of pace because it's just, it's a wild card, man. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Um, okay. And speaking of the SFL, my last question before we go into the rapid fires, tweaking. I know you love tweaking. You like love making tweaking. things better. You're always tweaking. a person that tries to make things better, even if they're already good. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta so tweak everything. What small tweaks would you say to scoring or SFL in general? So, um, we've talked about this. I love the scoring in the SFL, how we promote players that get volume you know yes. ppr um running backs running back per carry that's the essence of a ppr league that is you award of... players who are used and not only that it takes away some of the pressure from the touchdown you know fantasy football is so touchdown dependent when yes. like one touchdown is worth 60 yards that's so much but when you put those extra points from catching the ball and stuff it makes the touch the game less touchdown reliance mm-hmm. and makes it easier to predict who you're going to play because volume gives you points and you know what this also helps out people is if your guy gets hurt you can pick up his replacement and almost get the same volume because now you're getting touches Mm -hmm. so you're rewarding the play and you're rewarding people who watch the waiver wire with this type of league because now you're saying this guy got hurt let's play for volume let's look for that volume that's why thomas rawls huge now Mm -hmm. huge going into the last couple games of the season and so i think yeah like you're saying the scoring in this rewards the players and rewards the owners who are willing to look for backups. Exactly. 
that maybe will be used a little bit more. So I think the the scoring has gotten it pretty perfect. The running backs and wide receivers, they're 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 really good. Um, how I would tweak things is I love depth. Like yeah. you know, like how you're talking about how you have to watch the waiver wire. Uh-huh. It becomes even more so when there are less good players on Correct. the waiver wire. You yeah. know, when there are less good waiver wi- uh, players on the waiver yeah. wire, just sheer math. Yeah, you 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 get desperate. You have to find that player to start. Mm-hmm. So maybe adding more starters, like instead of two wide receivers, three wide receivers, uh, two flex. Not exactly putting more depth on your bench, but more depth on the starting would. I like the idea of two flex. Two flex. Yeah. Um, and just because there's so many wide receivers out there in the league, yeah. like just two, you know, is just. Would you Would you be okay with two flex even if we had ten teams in the league? Because yeah. that's a lot of players. That's a lot that's of players. That's a lot of players that are taking. That's a lot of players, yeah. Because if you had another starting position, do you think you need to add a bench position as well? Nope. Okay. okay. Uh, like, uh, so instead of 18 players, we have 19. Yeah. Okay. You know, and that extra player, but, you know, it's, you got to start them. Now, I've thrown this idea out at you. Do quarterbacks need more points? I uh, I think they do. and um, Not this, too many. Not too many more points. I think what the difference... And sometimes it's not even about how many points they score. It's about the separation between a good player and an average player. When uh-huh. you have, when you're talking about those running backs and the wide receivers, you got to remember you have two of them starting, and then you also have to flex. So there's a giant gap from the first running back to the thirtieth running back, right? Yeah. You don't get to get that big of an advantage on quarterbacks because there are only eight. Mm-hmm. You know, if we look at the top ten quarterbacks, just to kind of fuel your argument. Um, the top quarterback in the league has 260 total. The 10th quarterback has 201. So they're separated by 60 Let's points. Let's look by per game. Okay, per so game average. average. So the top average is 27. That's a little skewed because Tom Brady's only been in for a couple games, but 27 is the average. Right. Um, while the 10th best average... Is that right there on the 20. twenty-ish? Yeah. So like it's, it's like seven you have difference. the elite guys and then all the guys that are basically the same. Yeah. I would, I think it would yeah. be a really good idea to to try to tweak the scoring for the quarterbacks to separate them more. What Maybe. about an extra point for a passing touchdown? Uh, extra point for a passing touchdown instead of four, it's five. Instead of four, it's five, or maybe even make it two points for a touchdown and negative four for an interception. Mm-hmm. So like those players that Who throw, throw a lot interceptions or kill bad. themselves. Yeah, you know. Um, Maybe rewarding completions um, and taking away from incompletions, so the players that com- complete a good number of their passes mm-hmm. are good. But then again, you you open up Sam Bradford, who throws like thirty passes, passes for yeah. two hundred yards, eighty percent completion for five yards. Yeah, not even. Right. You know, like, exactly. Like if you look at his passes, like two yard gain, three yard exactly. gain. Exactly, exactly. Like, it's scrubby. But I mean, he literally is holding the Viking record right now for pass com- percentage completions. And probably really low, but in yards. very low in yards. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which is incredibly because he's ahead of Dante Culpepper. Who it's actually kind of interesting. We brought him up twice so mm-hmm. far. Um, Dante Culpepper that season he's third in history of Viking completions at like 69 percent, and he threw down the field a lot to right. Randy Moss and Chris Carter. So that percentage completion is much more impressive than Sam Bradford's 71-72 yeah, because Sam Bradford's dumping it off to, to whoever in, all the, time. in the backfield. It's just dinky passes. But I think there there has to be a way here to separate these players. I think maybe looking at completions and incompletions or completion percentages or even QBR rating, if there's a way to give points for QBR rating. QBR rating. Yeah, it's true. such a terrible it, stat. It is. It's true. But like I said, but I think the, the one of the good ones is more points for touchdowns 
more negative points for interceptions. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's a good one to look at. And, and uh, another interesting one that I, I've heard as well, which is is um, running quarterbacks. Okay. When a quarter like our system is, you get one point for twenty yards throwing and one point for ten yards yeah. running. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. Why should a quarterback be rewarded for running? Or rewarded twice the points for running the same amount of yards you would have gotten for throwing the ball. So what if like the running yards and the the throwing yards for a quarterback would be the same? Because now you look like players like Colin Kaepernick. He would have. They would have less points. They would have less points yeah. because why should they be rewarded for getting the same amount of yards in different manners? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, like players like Colin Kaepernick was a bad quarterback is actually a good fantasy football fantasy football quarterback yeah. because he gets points on the on, on the ground right so maybe that's another thing to look at as well and i mean that that's like when you're watching dak prescott just for example yesterday he throws for a touchdown four points when he runs it in it's six points right so you're one. just like ooh, that's better um yeah it's one of those things it's it's interesting to see how we can maybe make the separation of quarterbacks a little bit better if just looking at kind of what we were talking about earlier just the sheer amount of points I think we're good. I think we're in a solid spot in just sheer amount of points. The sheer amount of points is good. I just think it's um, all the quarterbacks are the same. Once you get yes. past the three, four elite quarterbacks. And that's not just our league. That's every everywhere. League. Every league has that problem where you're either the top three quarterbacks or just the they're mess the of same. everyone else. They're, yeah. they're just the same. You just pick which one. You can, you can like, it doesn't matter what quarterback you can have. You can drop them and pick them up from the right. every week. And it's mm-hmm. the same. And I don't like that. I don't like that. I think quarterback is a very important position, and we need to find ways to the make it. The one change I'm 99% sure everybody's going to vote yes on, and I'm one, I, want, I don't know why I didn't add this in already. You lose a point for a missed kick. You should lose a point for a missed extra point. Yeah. You don't do that in this league. No. It's not in the league. It I, it's a complete oversight. Yeah. And I missed it, and I know everybody's going to vote for it to be in, but again, any change from here on out has to go through a vote. It has to go through a vote. So I'm going to throw that into the mix in the offseason. I'm going to say, guys, do we feel comfortable making a minus point for an extra point? I'm almost saying minus two points for a missed extra point. Yeah. The I'm reason is, is because the kicker can put it where they want on an extra point. They can move it to the left hash. They can move it to the right hash. They can have it down the center. If you miss a kick that you set up, that's your fault. That's, a That's minus two. Yeah. So I'm going to say minus two for an extra point. And uh, on that note, for kickers too, maybe... And that would lower their total a little bit. Maybe uh, more negative points for closer kicks missing. Yeah. And that'd more, be... Yeah. More positive and less negative points for farther away and more positive points for the farther kick, which is something that you already do. Yes, yes. We reward longer kicks, which helps a lot of good kickers yeah. out. So yeah, maybe making lo- closer kicks more detrimental to their health if they miss it. Right. And I completely agree. I think kickers right now should be penalized more, especially now that we're seeing extra points mean something. Mm-hmm. They mean something in, in games. They need to mean something in our, in our in fantasy league. Like, yeah. Or uh, yeah. Um, another one, too, was uh, the tight ends. The tight ends are so hard. They are. Because like that's another position where it's like you either have an elite or you have a whatever guy. But I think I th- the reason I like the fact that tight ends are so hard to judge is because in the in the NFL, they're so hard to judge. Yeah. You, you either have Gronkowski and, or you don't. <laughs> like, that's how True. tough it is. Uh, Jason Witten, however, is he gets so open. I don't know how. And kind of a side note, Jacob Tammy. I saw uh, that. Did you see the tweet? <laughs> I saw that tweet. His wife apparently asked him, uh, for the people who didn't follow it, um, Jacob Tammy's wife turned to him during Thanksgiving and said, while watching Jason Witten on TV, and said, why don't you get that open? <laughs> Oh my god! That was amazing. All right, let's get into these rapid fire questions. One more. Oh, the most important one. Yeah, defense. 
Okay, what about him? I think defense has to be completely changed. Oh, um, I thought you liked my scoring. I thought I, you liked the SFL I liked, scoring. I love the FSL scoring. And I, like I said, even if we don't make the other changes, I'm mm-hmm. okay with because I feel like even without okay. those changes, we're still good. Okay. The, the one, I saved the best. So like last. my, my like just to kind of make sure everybody's on the same page. My change for kickers is a must-have. That's a this must-have. is your must-have. This okay. is my must-have. Okay, is the defensive scoring. Um, I feel like some defenses don't get rewarded like they should because you get so few points or focused around how many points the other defense scored on you, and a lot more points. The offense, yeah, the other offense yeah. scores on okay. you rather than how many points. Um, like there's just the ratio between interceptions and sacks to points scored mm-hmm. is like way too much. So like two interceptions is eight, no, four points. Two four. interceptions is four points, which is the same as allowing 15, 14. Yeah, which is like, which is nuts. You know, like one of the games that really... Which one should me, be more, allowing 14 or picking two passes? Um, only allowing 14 because at the end, if, if you pick two passes, that's awesome for your team. Yeah. And you should be worried for that because it gives your offense so a chance to score. So more points based on how many points you allow. But how many points you allow. Because okay. there was a game like where Arizona and the Seahawks where it went to overtime and it was a 6-6 game. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. And like that team didn't get any interceptions, but they didn't have to because it was like one of those weird games where like they were so dominant and shutting them down all the time and then uh, but they didn't get a lot of points because there weren't a lot of turnovers there weren't a lot of just a lot of punts just a lot of punts you know but even though and they weren't rewarded for that and they weren't they weren't rewarded because they only allowed six points but then a team that allows 20 points and gets two interceptions are scoring the same amount of points when you plus on a team to six points and so to kind of like wrap that segment up i really think that you're on the right track here and i don't think i really thought about it as much as when you're bringing it up now so this is why i really like having as many people on the show as possible is how many interceptions do you see in a year Uh, a bunch a crap ton right right how many shutouts do you see in a year rarely one or two there were two all of last year so, yeah, you should be rewarded for things that don't happen as often. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of different ways to, to do it, too. Um, I don't know if, if we can... I'm, I'm sure that there's a way to do it. Like, uh, the way that I really like doing it is uh, it's a consistent method where you start from a certain number, and then, again, the balance will have to be looked at how much points are scored in the league. Let's say, um, just throwing this number out there, you start at 30 points. Yeah. And every point scored on that team, they lose a point. So, like, every point is crucial, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, no, it's true. And here's the thing. It, it, it kind of makes sense to me. Just And I have to do some thinking about it because we're just kind of throwing right. this idea out. What's the highest total you've ever seen in a league? What do you mean? Like, in any position. What's the highest total number somebody's ever scored? Like, like probably, like, 50 or 60. Yeah. Which was, like, those insane games. Yeah. Or... Shouldn't a shutout be the highest point yeah, the should defense be, should score? Should probably, yeah, should yeah. Probably, they should probably score like 40 So maybe points. if you did 50 and then subtracted it, maybe every point scored is two. But then you also got to remember, you know, you got to add in sacks. And oh, for the, sure. The, 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 yeah, so maybe it's like you play that, like maybe it's 20. They start at like 20, 25. I don't know. I'll have to play with the numbers, yeah, but I like that idea. Numbers. But I think, the, I think the, the goal should be the highest point scored of a player should be across the board. Across the board, yeah. I think like the highest total a quarterback can score is, you know, around 
50. And, and this is going on to the same thought process that we were, we were talking about quarterbacks, whereas you only have one guy. You're only starting that one guy. Correct. So you're only starting one defense. You only started one defense. Mm-hmm. So you, you want the defenses to play. Yeah. And be important because it's just one. It has, yes. The way they play has to be important. And I think it has to I, feel I think, that way. I think people are going to side with you on that. And the kicker missing extra points should be minus points. Um, I think those two should pass the the vote. But again, this is for everybody to vote everybody. on. Yeah. Um. You know, we're going to play just majority and re- and uh, return yards. <clears throat> I was going to bring that up too, and that's going to not go towards the special teams. That's going to go towards the player. The, the player. Right. Yeah. I think it should take uh the return yards away from defense or return touchdowns and everything completely away from the defense. So it's just defense, just no defense. special teams. And then the, the return yards is on, just on the on player. On the player. The return and touchdowns are just on the player. Interesting. That's that's a thought. I've never really thought about taking the special teams out of the defense special, special teams. teams. Yeah. Because then you can really focus on just the defense. Right. Absolutely. I'm, not, I'm into that. All right. Let's get into the rapid-fire questions. Cool, cool. Now, these have... Sometimes nothing to do with football at all. All right. This is just to get to know the people of our league. Are you having fun in the SFL so far? Dude, I'm loving it. All right, awesome. Best experience for fantasy football. I'm, I'm having a blast with it. I hope people are still listening to the podcast, enjoying it. And again, Miller's Fieldhouse. Let's uh, go out there and watch some games again. All right. Random question. Are you a hunter or a gatherer? Hunter. Um, you pick up a lottery ticket for $10 million. What do you do? Uh, not much, man. Probably buy an airplane. Um, probably buy like a two three hundred thousand dollar house at most, cool. and save that money. What do you think about alone in your car? Alone in my mm-hmm. car. What do you think about? Oh, what I think about yeah. when I'm alone in yeah. my car. Yes, <laughs> I probably worded that all wrong. Uh, actually, I uh, I'm kind of a person. I always have to be doing something at all times, so mm-hmm. I don't really. I try not to think a lot. I try to be like keep myself occupied by listening to a podcast or something. Okay, so listen to this. Favorite cartoon. <laughs> Um, Full Metal Alchemist. This anime count? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Full Metal Alchemist. Okay, favorite childhood cartoon? Childhood cartoon? Yeah, what did you have to watch when you were a kid? Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Um, If you could be any animal in the world, what would you be? And why? Uh, Dolphins. Really? I was going to get something that would fly. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Yeah, probably. Who knows? Um... What was the last gift you gave someone? I'm not a giving person. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are learning about you. <laughs> uh, no, I, I believe I um, I bought my my girlfriend a uh, special edition for Final Fantasy 15. Oh, cool. Does she want to be in the Fantasy Football League? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, do you have any advice for uh, first-time fantasy football players? Uh, have fun with it, man. Okay. Enjoy it. Yep. Um, like, actually be into it, you know? Not not just... Set the lineup and forget the lineup. I actually try to get involved, try to watch some games, and try to talk to people in your league and make some trades and just be involved. Yeah. Because, like, I think that's the biggest thing about this league is that we're all talking to each other, yeah. except for John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that we're all kind of like, we want to hang out. We right. play football on the weekend. We have the podcast. People, like... I don't know. I think that's, like I said, I say this every podcast, but I, I, this truly means a lot to me is that 
this league will continue as long as we want it to continue. Right. It's not going to be my podcast. It's not going to be the articles. It's going to be us having fun with it, yeah. meeting up for the Super Bowl, which everybody needs to start planning for that. That's in four weeks, five weeks. Already? The Super Bowl. We're week 11. It's week 16 is the oh, Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Dang. So we need to start planning for that. Yeah, so make sure. sure everybody's schedule starts clearing up. It's going to be the Sunday of week 16 here. So just whenever that is, <laughs> in five weeks. Um, what's your favorite hobby? Other than fantasy football. <laughs> video games. Took What's your favorite time. video game? Dude, I'm loving Rocket League. I know, you I'm love Rocket League. But Rocket it's like League. the mix of high-flying automobiles and soccer, which is like everything yeah, you need. Yeah, I know, right? That's you. In yeah, a that's awesome. Um, favorite Smite champion? Favorite Smite? God. God? Is God. that a champion in Smite? Has that always been a champion in Smite? No, no, no. God. Oh, okay, okay. My bad. My bad. They're they're not champions. <laughs> like they're, just God. they're gods. <laughs> you imagine if you had, like, <laughs> you had like Ra and and mm. Odin and God. God. Oh, I picked God. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> nah, it's definitely got to be Ares. Um, okay. I've had so much fun with Ares. Like he's the the character that's supposed to be a support, and like I I do top damage with with a support all the time. Really? Yeah. Cool. What is the one player you can't live without on your fantasy football team? Antonio Brown. True. Uh, favorite NFL team other than the Buccaneers? Other than the Buccaneers? That's a that's a tough one. Um, Most fun to watch them. Like if they're on, Buccaneers aren't. Who do you watch? Oh, the Patriots. Okay. Yeah. Um, favorite player on the Buccaneers? Jameis, man. Really? I yeah. thought you were gonna say Doug. I mean, I love Doug. He runs so hard. But uh, it, it's Jameis, and I, I think we we get. The way they talk, it's I hate quarterbacks that dink and dunk. Yes, I hate them. I oh, just then you can't love James. stand. I James love James. Takes shots. Just, yeah. I don't care if you're throwing t- interceptions. Throw the ball deep. Like you know get who, that ball down the field. Everybody likes to compare Jameis to Ben Roethlisberger because of size. Right. You know who I compare him to? Brett Favre. Favre. Absolutely. He's a gunslinger. I don't care. I'm going to throw a pick, but I'm going to come back and throw a touchdown. Yep. So it's it's those quarterbacks. Though those are the ones that'll last. Now the one thing that's not in his favor is nowadays so many owners, GMs, are quick to pull a trigger and say, sit him. When Brett Favre was quarterback, they knew what they got. Yep. You can't you can't say, well, now I act surprised. You knew what you had. You know you have Jameis. He throws picks. He did it in college. Mm-hmm. But what also did he do in college? He won a championship. He wins games. He wins a game. So, yep. that's, that's, so I think Buccaneers fans need to say, we have a quarterback that throws picks, but we also have a quarterback that's a winner yep. and a leader and, and just a baller. That's so. irreplaceable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who would win, uh, Spider Man or Batman? Spider Man or Batman? Who would win? Uh, Batman, just because he always finds dumbass ways to win. <laughs> like, oh, let me build this anti-web yeah. suit. Let me just write a check to how to win this game. <laughs> Speaking of, and just because I'm so infatuated with my new knowledge of Spider Man and how Mary Jane died. Oh yeah, <laughs> can you believe that? That's right. I'm gonna let I'm gonna make everybody go and look that up on the internet. I'm, I'm gonna say it on here. This is a children's show. <laughs> yeah, well, we dropped. <laughs> but anyway, I did not know. Time. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> I think you know what's funny is um, what was that one documentary? Sorry to go off on a tangent really quick, but it's called "This Film Is Not Yet Rated," and oh, curse yeah. words. Yeah, you've seen it. Yeah, curse words and like killing people. PG thirteen. But one ounce of sex is an R. Yeah. So this basically makes sense. We're going to say fuck and we're going to talk about killing things, but we're not going to tell you what happens to Mary Jane and how she dies in Spider-Man because this is a kid's show. (laughs) America. 
Um, a penguin walks through that door right now wearing a sombrero. What does he say and why is he here? Yo quiero tacos. <laughs> he does want tacos because <laughs> he's never had any. Oh, I love this penguin. Um, all right, let's get into week 11. Week 11, the semi-preview. The reason I call it a semi-preview is because we've already started. Yep. Week 11, we had three games already. Um, it's shaping up to be a pretty solid week, though. Because, I click scoring, not scores. We have a lot of teams that are in good shape or bad shape. Let's start at the top. Multiple Scorgasms is in bad shape. He has 53 points with five players already playing. Um, no, four players. He has Frank Gore with seven, Le'Veon Bell with 30, Kyle Rudolph with 15, and Vinatieri with a oh, flat man. zero. Damn, that's rough. <laughs> zero points from Adam Vinatieri, who is points. All, uh, an amazing kicker this year. Um Except the past one, two, weeks, oh, yeah. he's been under average for a while now, actually. Um, so yeah, who do you pick in this game, and what do you? Why? My uh, dad owns a dealership, nine and two against multiple scorgasms, four and seven. And we're gonna close out the show with our final predictions and our preview of all these games. Uh, let's take them home. What do you think? My dad owns a dealership for multiple scorgasms. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say my dad owns a dealership. I don't even care about the matchups. Uh, multiple scorgasms is just a bad team. Yeah, ten and I mean uh, we're talking. My dad on zero show about to be ten and two. I think this is the game that I can clinch the division. I can clinch my playoff spot. Yep. Well, I've actually already clinched a playoff spot, um, but this is where I can clinch the division and a bye week. No, no, no. We don't have a bye we week. Don't have this, a bye week. Yeah, we don't have a bye week in this uh, until we have another on ten players. We would though. ten players. We do. So exactly, I'll be ten and two. Multiple scoregasms, four and eight, and therefore probably out of the season. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, so next game, Chalupa Batman 3 and 8 against Immaculate Reception 6 and 5. This game has already started again. Chalupa Batman with 19, Immaculate Reception with 21, but Immaculate Reception has already played two players. I love Chalupa Batman in this game. Um, as long as she get takes uh, that uh, tight end. Yeah, Julius Thomas in there. Yep. Um, she's been having bad luck with both of them, Gronk and Julius Thomas. Yeah, that's right. Kirk Cousins has been off to break down great games, but Mar- Marcus Mariota was probably going to do well as well. Uh, I think all three of our quarterbacks were going to do well. 33-23, yeah. and then obviously Mariota's the one that hasn't played yet against Chicago. Mariota's one of those quarterbacks that benefits from what I was talking about earlier with the quarterbacks. They run, they get more points for running than they, mm-hmm. than they do throwing. And he's finally throwing it well. Yes, he, he is. He's been, um, he's been pretty accurate lately. So you're going to take... Chalupa Batman over Immaculate Reception, who has Derek Carr, LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, yeah, when you have T.Y. Hilton and Golden Tate, your two number one and number two receivers just throw out and below average games. Yeah. 20 total points amongst 20 them. 20 total. She's had one player that scored just as many points as two of her starting wide receivers. Yep. Um, and, her, know, defense, her defense, Steelers defense. Actually, you know, and we talk about defenses are scoring very low points in our league when your defense scores 20 points. I mean, her, she scored good. 20. Only allowing seven, which should have been picks. way more points. Right. Only allowed seven, two interceptions, three sacks. That should have been way more points than right. just 20. And here's the thing. If we knew that was how our scoring was going to be by awarding points more for low, allowing low points, yeah. you would have said the Steelers were going to be the highest scoring because they have no Andrew Luck. Right. The Colts had no Andrew Luck this week. Right. So I would the Steelers, if we pro- would probably be up to 30-something points. Probably, yeah. Almost uh, next, points next season if we go with that route. So we're going to go Chalupa on that one? So Chalupa four and eight against Immaculate Reception, making Immaculate Reception six and six, and a must win for the last two weeks. Which I think is going to be hard to win those two games. I think Immaculate Reception needs to hope 
that she can get that win this week. So she only has to win one of the last two. Yeah, and if she wins this week, you know, then my whole East prediction goes out of the water. Okay. Um, then you say two and two again. Two and two again if she wins this week. I'm, I'm just going, I think Jalupa Batman's going to come out, pull the upset, the three and eight team's going to get the win. And uh, we're going to... So what you're saying is I need to talk to Chalupa and say, don't win, so the SFL West is strong again. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be collusion. <laughs> Never. Uh, no, I agree completely that um, Chalupa has the upper hand on this one. Um, Immaculate, however, is hoping that the win can come on their side. So that, that takes so much pressure off the last two weeks. Right. Uh, Joe Buck yourself... No, let's save that one for last. Martian Law, five and six... Against Roma Sexual, six and five. Oh, look at that. Just look at Martian Law. I had two players score 30. 30. We're talking 31 from Jordan Reed and 31 from Ezekiel and One Elliott. of those players was a tight end. When you get 30 points from a tight end position, like that almost always guarantees you a win. And um, His flex, though, only got nine. Well, almost ten. Yeah, but it's flex, though. Yeah. This shows you how off predictions are, though. Yeah, I know. Uh, Kelly was projected on Flea Flicker to score 24.6. He scored nine. Um, and on the other side, Matt Jones. Oh, no, that's his bench. Uh, on the other side, Des Bryant only scored 12. 12. Yep. Speaking of, and I've been talking with my friends this for the past couple days. Well, just yesterday and today. Des Bryant and Josh Norman have the most incredible beef right now. It's incredible really? to watch. Um, Des Bryant tweeted out today that for the rest of the week... He's going to post a GIF every day of exposing Josh Norman, of how he exposed <laughs> Josh Norman. It's incredible. I'm so excited. I'm going to watch every single one. He posted his first one today of him going like this deep post. He does his little left jab, and Josh Norman gets completely turned around. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, it. I know Des Bryant thinks he got all of Josh Norman, but he only had 72 yards. Um, yeah, I know, right? That's it. Do anything too he special. didn't do anything too That's special. Like an average game for, for a number one wide receiver. Yeah. But I mean, you're average. talking Des Bryant, Odell Beckham, and Josh Norman are probably three of the biggest divas in the league. Oh, yeah. So, of course, they're all going to hate each other. Yeah. So, I mean, nothing special there. Uh, except for I love the fact that there's beef. I just love when players are going to take it to him. He, Des Bryant walking off the field waited until there's a camera nearby to say this to a, to a and I'm doing air quotes right now, to a teammate or a, or a trainer or something. He says it loud enough for the camera to hear it. He goes, Washington should get a refund on Josh Norman. <laughs> and I said, no. <laughs> talking about money now. You're talking about all people's money. People do not get... And apparently there was a quote on the field that Josh Norman told Dez that if something like that were to happen in his hood, he'd empty the clip. Oh. <laughs> so now shit's going off. I'm so into it, though. But yeah, so who's your pick? Martian Law, who scored 60 out of two players. Or um, Marshall, Roma. Roma and it's kind of kind of unfair because we already know what happened, you know, with uh, these Thursday True. night games. But um, I just think Marshall Law is going to win this one, and again bring the East that much closer to six, six and six. six. I'm, I'm <laughs> nervous now that you brought this up, and it's completely feasible, yeah. completely realistic <laughs> that four teams could be six and six with two games left to go. That's insane to me. Yep. But that's awesome. That's how tight our league is. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. All right. Last game, Joe Buck yourself, 6-5 and five against McGee and the Brady Bunch, 5-6. and six. And, in, and if your prediction holds up, you have to win this game. I have to win this game. Um, and I don't think I'm going to have that hard of a time. Uh, his player that carries his team, Mike Evans, going against the Seahawks. Um, you know, they're going to be double-teaming double him. I mean, looking at the Seahawks' D to kind of feel your point, they allow eight 
fantasy points a game, which is sixth best in the league. That's incredible. It's nuts. And um, I know Mike Evans normally gets that volume, but I think the Seahawks are very good at just like the the, the New York, uh, the Patriots, they're good at scheming. And yes. I think they can take out Mike Evans out of the game completely. And it's going to be one of those games where Mike Evans gets like 10 points. And I think this is where Doug Martin's going to go off this game because you have to run it. You yep. have to run you it on the Seahawks. It. They don't have uh, Bennett. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense does such a great job at shutting down the, the pass that you have to run. And, and they'll be checking the ball down to him as well. Absolutely. And Doug Martin, as you say that, Doug Martin's starting for my team. Boom. There you go. And yep. And it kind of how you alluded to the Patriots, it's both teams do such a good job, like you said, of scheming against one guy. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to say, we're going to take out half the field. Mike Evans is half the field, pretty much. Mm-hmm. The Patriots do the same thing. We're not, and the Patriots were lucky to go against the Steelers when they had Landry Jones. Now, granted, the Patriots have not as good of a defense as what people think they do, so Landry Jones looked a little bit better than what people think, but they were able to shut down Antonio Brown because they knew there's no Ben. Right. Let's just take out the wide receivers and let Le'Veon Bell try to carry the whole game on his back, which he right. can. He can. Um, so, it, it's yeah, to your credit, uh, I agree completely, I think. That game, that Seahawks versus Tampa game is so important for your guys' matchup because you have Russell Wilson on Joe Buck yourself mm-hmm. against Tampa. You have Mike Evans against Seattle. Um, and then for you, you have Doug, uh, Doug Martin against Seattle. You have Thomas, uh, Thomas Rawls against Tampa. We're talking four major factors yeah. are from that one NFL game. And uh, Dean, I know you're listening. Uh, this is going to be me. Through the window. Invite. Through the window. Uh, this is going to be your invite. Let's go watch that game together live. That'd be a good time. You guys should watch that game together. That game is so yeah. important. And what's crazy is I'll you... I'll call off work. Let's do it. You each have a Seattle and a Tampa player. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. And we're so, both Bucks fans, so it's going to be like, exactly. like, who are we rooting yeah, for? That, God, I, I wouldn't want to go to that game just because I'd be so confused. <laughs> <laughs> You'd like hate each other and then high five. Yep. Urgh, high five. Um, so your pick is obviously McGee and the Brady Bunch. Yeah, and especially because Antonio Brown scored... 30 points yesterday. Antonio Brown doing A-B things. Yep. Tom Brady against the Jets. Uh, and you know that game's going to get ugly. Yep. The Patriots hate the Jets more than any other team. Tom um, Brady just looks unstoppable right yeah. now. And yeah, absolutely. And the Jets, we still have to play them twice. Yeah, the Patriots still have to play the Jets twice. And you know that's going to get ugly. Um, so I think, yeah, you're in good shape. Spencer Ware against Denver. And Denver is not the same rush oh, defense as we saw. Scrimmage yards, 30th in the league for against running backs. Yep. For yards, you know. And uh, Alex Smith can't throw. And he's definitely not going to throw against Denver. Nope. So Stephen Ware is going to get the ball. Yep. Or Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware. Why don't I give him all against Stephen? Also, your Chiefs D against Denver should do pretty well. Yeah, should be doing pretty well. Awesome, man. Did you have Did you have a good time on this show? Oh, it was a blast. I wish awesome. I could do it more often. Please. And we still have like five weeks to go so try to make it down for another one and especially some football speaking of reminder for football tomorrow eight in the morning if you're listening to the podcast today friday the 25th on black friday listen to this while you're waiting in line at a store or on the way to a store um yeah thanks for joining us man what are you thankful for dylan what am i thankful for i'm thankful for you showing up so i didn't have to do this podcast by myself i'm thankful for uh, fantasy football and antonio brown yeah, I'm thankful for David Johnson. <laughs> Just a sexy ass. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us, guys.